Welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm chatting with the legendary David Meltzer. David is a sports executive, entrepreneur, and investor. He co-founded Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. He's also been recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. Over the years, he's experienced his share of wins and losses, so I can't wait to share his story with you. Tell me about your early life. How did this come about that you had this fascination with sports and the journey that you started that has been incredibly successful? I had a great mom, uh, a single mom that raised six kids and was selfless. I have a difficult time talking about my mom still today because she has meant so much to me. And, you know, growing up as, you know, six kids and a single mom in a two-bedroom apartment in Akron, Ohio, I just wanted to be rich to buy my mom a house and a car. And I had no idea what rich meant. I remember when I was five or six years old telling my mom, someday I'm going to make a million dollars. This is in the early 70s. Someday I'm going to make a million dollars, mom, and I'm going to buy you a house and a car, and I'm never going to have to work again. And so, you know, that was the perspective. Now, the, the one thing my mom instilled in me was the desire that I must be what I can be, no matter what that was. Now, she wanted me to be, as my siblings, doctor, lawyer, or failure. I wanted to be a professional football player. I was better genetically and energetically suited to be a doctor or a lawyer, but I pursued being a professional football player, nonetheless, to buy my mom a house and a car to leave the projects in Akron, Ohio, to, to make that happen in my life. And while I still pursued my best in academics, I was able to play college football, which still to this day, I learned more about being successful from being a below average division three college football player than I have in any academic realm, whether it was law school, business school, undergrad, whatever it was, I learned more on that field to help me be what I must be. But I had a lot of lessons, just like you, Dave, along the way that helped me be who I am today. David went on to achieve his goal of becoming rich. And just nine months out of law school, he was a millionaire. By the age of 32, he became a multimillionaire. I wanted to know what he attributed to his early success. In 1992, there's this new thing called the internet. And despite my mom telling me the internet was a fad, it never was going to work, even when I started working in the internet selling legal research online, Justice Scalia told me nobody would ever do research on a computer. You needed books. Despite what other people thought, despite what was missing and what I didn't have, I had this keen sense that I wanted what I believed to be true. And I did everything by doing, saying, thinking, believing, and feeling it. By reading books like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, I made sure throughout Web 1, Web 2, and into the sports agency side of things that I continued to pursue what I believed was going to be successful. And uh, it worked out for me at a young age, but it became a nemesis as I got older because I had so much success that it reaffirmed money buys love and happiness. It reaffirmed that I knew what I was doing, and it created an ignorant arrogance that would later on in my life be my greatest hurdle or challenge or biggest lesson 
that I had to learn. And just like you, you know, pain is an indicator that you have a lesson to learn. And I was setting myself up for a great challenge and some great pain in my life by thinking I actually knew what I was doing. I did know that I tried my best and I was there to learn lessons and have fun, but I had an arrogance that I actually knew what I was doing. By 2008, David had amassed nearly $100 million in property and $40 million in equity. He had a golf course, a ski mountain, and 33 homes in San Diego. But as the U.S. recession began to overtake the real estate market, David could not hold on. The banks denied his credit requests, and he was forced to file bankruptcy. I didn't understand financing. I had a private bank and a $40 million line, and you know, I didn't know that I could walk into my private bank, a relationship of 10 years, and they could switch the person who had been taking care of me for 10 years. So there was no emotional attachment. And instead of, you know, glory, when I walked into the private bank and, you know, all the accoutrements and all the great treats that I got, I got, who are you? And I said, well, I need $5 million to draw down on my line. And they said, well, you don't have but a million dollar line now. And that was a valuable lesson about real estate. I bought my real estate. I bought correctly. I developed it correctly. If I could have held on to it through 2008, I probably would be worth between one and a half and $2 billion because of the way that I bought. And if I could have held on to that line of credit, I would have been able to weather the storm and be able to take advantage of the bargains that were available in 2008, nine and 10 as well. But I didn't understand financing. This is the ignorant arrogance of not asking for help. And these lessons for me re-engineered my paradigm in life. David had to start over and rebuild from the ground up. He learned to ask for help, to discover his own strengths and weaknesses, and to look forward towards the future. He used the skills and knowledge he had acquired over the years to become successful again. But the experience had changed him, and he knew he wanted to give back. You know, it's so interesting because once I was able, you know, I made my first million in nine months. The second time, it was two weeks. And I started on a journey, and it was coinciding with a certain incident in my life that a lot of people may or may not know of. I have four children, three daughters and a son. My daughter at the time was 12 years old, and I came home. I had recovered economically. I'd bought, again, this beautiful beach house on on the boardwalk in South Mission Beach, San Diego. Everybody told me I was crazy. I was going to make the same mistakes again. I said, I didn't make any buying mistakes. I made financing mistakes. I'm going to be fine. I have mentors helping me. Meanwhile, that property, by the way, has tripled. Uh, It is a cash cow. I love that place. But I came home to that house and there was my daughter in tears. I said, what's the matter? Her best friend had committed suicide at 12 years old. At 12 years old. And I thought to myself, how does this happen? I, I understand PTSD, CTE in the sports world, anxiety, depression, drug overdose and usage. But a 12 year old, how bad can it be to be 12 that, that we want to take our own lives? So I walked the beach thinking to myself, you know, I have a greater purpose than just making money. I have a greater purpose because throughout all the challenges in my life, as everyone has had, I have been happy. I've just been happy. I've never once, when I lost all my money and went from 33 homes in San Diego alone to a rented house with rented furniture and one car, I didn't say to my wife, that's it. I'm punished. I'm, 
No, I got fired up. I was like, okay, this is something great. I was moving in the wrong direction. Someone's smart enough to give me a little bit of a slap on the ass and say, you got to change the way you're doing things because this isn't the way that it's done. And this is what I wanted to teach people. So I started thinking about the three things I'm good at. I'm good at making money. I'm good at helping people. And I'm good at having fun. And I've never met one person in my life that makes a lot of money, helps a lot of people, and has a lot of fun every day that isn't happy. So I created my mission to say, I am going to teach people the essence of who I am and what I've learned. And I started writing books and speaking and empowering them to empower others to do the same. What uh, advice would you have for business people right now that are facing such an uncertain economy? The interest rates are, uh, the lending is getting a little tougher. What kind of advice would you give to struggling entrepreneurs? Number one was the lesson I just mentioned, which is ask for help. Find, find someone that sits in a situation that you want to be in that has experienced high interest rates, a lower demand, whatever it is. There's so many, especially in real estate, there's so many people that have experienced this before. Reach out to someone who sits in a situation that you've been in and ask them for help. And then the second thing is understanding who you are, your essence. I really help people find what skills do you have? What knowledge, not only of what you've learned in the past, but who, who you know, and of course your desire. And I want to align those skills, your knowledge and desire as an essence to looking at with the mentorship of people like you, Dave, to what is doing well today. Just because interest rates are high and demand is low doesn't mean there aren't things in real estate that are doing well. What's stable today? Where, where's the cash flow stable stuff? Because we know if interest rates are high and we have a stable cash flow, that it's only going to get better in the future. And then finally, you know, utilizing some of the technology and prop tech, what do we think is going to be doing well in the future? Where has, you know, society itself, is it, you know, short STR, short-term rentals, or is it still possible to flip in the future? What's going to be doing well in the future? And when, if I get the right help, and get people aligned with their skills, knowledge, and desire to what's doing well, what's stable, and what they think is going to do well. This is where the margins of millionaires have been made for 200 years in America. I'm a big fan of real estate still today. I'll tell you why. Because every law, being a lawyer in the background, every law from the Constitution on has been guided to protect one type of individual, regardless of anything else, and it's the landowner. And if you don't think that if a government is protecting you, that that's not a big enough advantage to create margins for millionaires, then you're missing out because our government is set up to take advantage and to, to protect those landowners. David wears a lot of hats as business leader, family man, investor, author, and motivational speaker. He has designed a life that he finds fulfilling and profitable. I want to know how he juggles all these different responsibilities and passions. I don't think you can achieve a weighted balance in your life with family, finance, faith, and fun unless you understand how to use time to be productive, accessible, and gracious uh, with your time. In fact, one of the things when I meet people like you that have had that fulfilling, passionate, purposeful, and profitable life, I purposely would ask, hey, Dave, if I'm in town, would you mind taking 15 minutes so I can sit down and understand how you have utilized your time 
throughout all those presidents, throughout all those ups and downs of the economy, because I know the real secret is how you utilize time and pay attention and give intention to your time for your faith, your family, your fun, and your finance. In thinking back on your life and all the successes you've done, what's the single most important success that you've achieved in your life? Oh, wow. What a great question. It has to be my parenting. And it wasn't good at it when I started. I look at my 24-year-old, uh, where she is at in her life, and my 21 and 19-year-old, and to know that I've created this legacy of my family, that I've empowered these young ladies. My son's only 13, but I've empowered them to make a difference that, you know, even if tomorrow it should end for me, that I know it will continue on. And I think my greatest legacy is how kind my kids are. And I know that they will exceed my expectations on helping others be kind as well and live these fulfilling lives. I would think that that's a legacy from your mother. Yeah. Yeah. I saw my mom yesterday and, you know, every, she tears up when she sees me. I said, what's the matter? She said, oh, nothing. She said, I, I just am so happy that you have everything you dreamed of. And you could, you could hear it in my voice how much that means to me that I fulfilled her destiny of what she wanted for her children. There's a saying that a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. David's story shows that no matter what challenges you may be facing, you can overcome life's obstacles with the right mindset and determination. Thanks so much for tuning into today's show. As a special gift, David has offered our listeners a free signed copy of his book. Just send an email to david at meltzer.com and request your copy. You can keep up to date with David on social media under his name, at David Meltzer. Until next time, remember, everything in life worth having takes a little ambition and grit.